Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the show this week. I'm so glad that you chose to take this time to sit down with me once again. Can I just like take a second and tell you how grateful I am for you? Like, honestly, um, I never knew I was going to find such joy in podcasting. I knew it was a great, you know, way to get a message out into the world and really connect with people, but I had no idea how much joy I would get from it and then how much joy I would get from connecting with you guys. Like I hear from y'all all the time in email on social media and you guys make my world beautiful. I need, I need you to know that you, you specifically, you make my life beautiful. And I'm so glad you're here. And I'm so honored that you're just choosing to spend your very precious time that you're finding this valuable. Um, and that's really important to me. And that's really what I want to keep delivering. So Enough of me being mushy. You guys know how I am. I can't help it. But I'm just so glad you're here. And we do have another really impactful message this week. So um, back on episode 36, so a little while ago, um, we had the same guest, Attorney Paige Hulse, on the show. And she was phenomenal. And it was so rich. And she was so generous with her time and her knowledge. She specializes in creative law um, or creative entrepreneurship law. And that's that's a really special thing, okay? Because you could talk to just about any lawyer and they might say they could draw up a quick contract for you, no problem. You could download something free off the internet, whatever. But in this day and age when there are so many legal attacks on um, you know, your your creative um work, you know, like people trying to steal it, people trying to copycat it, issues with trademarks, trying to figure out if, you know, you can even use your business name. There's so much around that, right? We've become a very Sue happy world. And because of that, we need to take some extra precautions to protect ourselves. And we all know that Etsy is a great platform, like it provides a great purpose and it helps us get our product out there, but they're not there to protect us. They're there to protect their own, um, you know, their, their own business, their own interests. And so we have to look out for ourselves and someone like Paige makes this really easy and, and really affordable. And for me personally, it makes me not want to run away screaming about just here, seeing the word law. I will tell you what, like, honestly, because you were here and like, you're an insider right now listening to this. <laughs> I remember in the past when my favorite podcasters, they'd have an episode that would come out about like, like taxes or legal or stuff like that. And they would try to make it sound sexy in the title. <laughs> And I still couldn't. I'm like, la, 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 la. my brain cannot go there. I don't want to talk about those things. They stress me out. And so um, kudos for being here and choosing to not have that response to this episode. But also Paige makes this, breaks this down so beautifully and talks about these things in a way that makes me not want to run away screaming and that I can understand process and then make some wise decisions. So 
Um, let me just tell you a little bit about Paige and then um, we'll start to get into this today. So after working as a business litigator by day and running a calligraphy side hustle on the weekends, Paige left the corporate world in 2017 to form her own law firm, Paige Hulse Law, serving creative entrepreneurs worldwide. Soon after forming her firm, she founded the Creative Law Shop melding together her contract law expertise with her firsthand experience as a creative entrepreneur. Yes, she's one of us. Currently, the Creative Law Shop boasts more than 80 contracts that she has drafted for herself and her clients, assisting creative entrepreneurs to run legally sound businesses worldwide without the expense of an hourly rate. This is huge for us, you guys. Today, Paige practices trademark law through her law firm while also running her nonprofit for deployed Green Beret soldiers called the Special Forces Support Fund. A lifelong equestrian, she and her husband are building a premier boarding stable in Tulsa, Oklahoma, soon to be known as Fairway Stables. There are so many things I love about this woman, I cannot even contain myself. She and I align on so many different levels. I love horses. I love having multiple hustles going at a time. Like, honestly, she's like my sister Energizer Bunny. So, like I said, back on episode 36, Paige came on for the first time and she talked about kind of like how to set your business up um, from a legal perspective to protect yourself because just having it as an Etsy shop, yeah, you know, once you start actually making some money, you want to you wanna look into that more. So if you haven't heard that one, I really encourage you to go back and listen to that episode 36 first because, um, because her time is like, she's a lawyer, right? Her time is really precious. So I did not ask her to draw it out. She only shared her story on that first episode. So if you want to hear Paige's whole story, which is really cool because she also had an Etsy shop. Okay. Like she can relate to us. Um, super, super cool. And that's also where she answered like the basics of how to set up your business, which I think are really important. So I would encourage you to go back and listen if you didn't before. And then today we're going to talk about being able to protect your own assets. We're going to talk about more of a, the trademark law, the protecting yourself from copycats, um, all of that side of things. So it's going to be great. She makes it so easy and breezy. You're going to love her. Help me welcome Paige Hulse back to the podcast. Paige, I don't know how we did it, but I've got you back. And I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. Everyone obviously devoured the last episode because you so lovingly held our hands. <laughs> And put us in our place in the most lovely and um, disarming way. So thank you for being you. Um, thank you. For those of you, so pay, so. Paige Holtz, as you heard in the intro, is an attorney, and she happened to also have an Etsy shop at one point in time, and she happens to specialize in creative law, which is completely magical for us. I cannot believe she's willing to spend this time. And in the first episode, which you will want to go back to, she talked all about how to safely set up your 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 business, like how to protect yourself. Um, you're going to want to hear that. And you also, that's where she's sharing her story, because Paige's hours, like all of us, is very precious. So I'm not going to have her tell her whole story again. Go back to the last one. I'll link it in the show notes. Plus, you need to hear it. It really kicked me in the butt. Um, but but just to like kick this off with a little bit of fun, because we have to. Can you tell us, like, what is your favorite part about what you do? Oh, that's a good one. Um, okay, the freedom. This sounds, so, this sounds so corny, but I mean it so <laughs> sincerely. The freedom to be able to work with other like-minded entrepreneurs that I actually want to work with and to be able to take somebody's business idea and lead it through like conception and then set them up for, to see people come back like five, 10 years later on and have a business that has absolutely exploded to be able to just be there through the whole process gets me so excited. 
Um, because we all have, we all have those, you know, those lingering curiosities. There's only a few people who are willing to actually take action on them. And those are the people that I love, absolutely love to work with. So anyways, kind of a long-winded answer. <laughs> Not at all. You love the transformation. And I mean, like, you know, it's sort of, it's got to be like a, <laughs> this is silly. It's got to be like a kindergarten teacher who like took this kid who couldn't sit still or do anything and like got them writing their name and learning their ABCs and the basic things. And then they meet them when they're graduating high school and they know that they set them on the right foot. They actually created that foundation that everything exactly. was built on. I, so you are. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I've obviously uh, in a much higher stakes position, <laughs> no. but at the same time, that's, that's in a way it's your baby. I love that. That's actually really special. And you know what? I'm not surprised at all by that answer because you are a doll. Thank um, you. <laughs> what is one thing that people think about lawyers like you? That's a total misconception. I can't wait for this. <laughs> what is the misconception? You I'm coming not- from like gas and oil into the creative space. I can't even wait for what this is going to be. These are like, these are legitimately harder co- questions to answer than a negotiation <laughs> is to, to negotiate. People, people. Give us the tea. Give us the tea. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's two extremes. Okay. One, people think that they can just like shoot me a DM and hop on a phone call and I'll just like file a trademark in five minutes and just take care of it so that all the problems okay. go away. So that's a big, that's a big problem. Um, but if you want to do things, you have to do them right the first time. Yes. So that's again, one, one extreme. The other big misconception that I am just hell bent on, on <laughs> dispelling this myth is that the, the legal side of the of people's businesses does not have to be this monster that we build it up to be in our head. And it's something that can be simplified. It can be taken care of quickly, easily, especially if we take care of it, you know, right from the get go. Um, So I have people that, I do have people who reach out to me who basically say, I don't really want to talk to you, but I've been told that I'm supposed to talk to you. And so just, you know, and I appreciate the honesty there. Um, but yeah, just, just dispelling that myth is, I think, a big, a big part of this for sure. You actually do this so well. And I needed it too, because for me, the law and okay. And so my, my dad is um, a stickler for doing everything right, which I'm for that. Okay. I'm such a rule follower. Um, I, I cannot lie. I will take a hit before I will hurt someone or do something that's mm-hmm. out of integrity. But he almost, he like, you know, he, he's very extreme about it. So everything was like, everything like literally if we had kids riding bikes in our yard he was like we don't have coverage for you know he's like worried about you know he's he's like we need to talk to a lawyer before we have them come over for a birthday party (laughs) Uh, and so for me and I mean I understood his his heart was wanting to protect all of us it was so precious but for me it kind of instilled fear and the law was like a Siberian Mm -hmm. tiger and something about you Paige makes it feel like the like the most playful darling kitten (laughs) I mean, yeah, there's there's a variation of that maybe. (laughs) And I know it can be a mess, right? But I think one of the things that I've learned from you between, um, especially on the last, the last time you were on the podcast is so much of this is preventable and it can be very Mm -hmm. easy, but you have to, it's like, it's like going to preventative care with a doctor. Like if you're big on that, I'm a little more homeopathic, but if you're big on that, like go for your regular checkups and you can head stuff off at the past. Yeah. Better if you go to someone who's like more preventative care minded, but I'm just saying, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll leave my hippie self out of this, but like prevention is worth a pound of cure. Well, pound of prevent, and, right? and just 
kind of quickly to, to hit on something that you just said. I grew up watching, my dad started his business pretty much the day he graduated college. Same. So I grew up with a, a dad who's an entrepreneur in a very volatile market. Just the oil, oil and gas industry is just Oh, no wonder. A roller okay, coaster. Connecting the dots. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so growing up, I saw my dad always told me, I, t- I told my parents when I was 11 years old that I was going to go to law school. We have no attorneys in the family. We have no idea. Still, we have no idea where that came from. Um, but I, I, I announced I was going to start taking Latin so that I can <laughs> prepare for law yes. school as an 11 year old, uh, which I did do by the way. But anyways, getting back to my, <laughs> getting back to my point, I grew up watching my dad always said that if he was going to spend any money in his business, he was going to hire the best lawyers that he could to take care of it because he was never going to let his business endeavors ever impact our family. He was never going to invite liability to our doorstep. So I grew up watching, truly watching lawyers in the role of being advocates and watching wow. that impact that it had on our family. And it sounds kind of corny, but as a, you know, as a very impressionable young, young child, I saw lawyers as people who were literally keeping, helping keep our family safe. Um, and that's, as I've grown up, and as I've started practicing law myself and have started, especially obviously with this law firm, that's something that I take extremely seriously. Anytime I'm working with somebody, I'm, I'm thinking of their family as well. And that's why wow. when I was mentioning earlier in our last conversation about just the importance of LLCs and you want to keep your, your business endeavors separate and protected from your personal endeavors and vice versa, you never want to bring any sort of liability that could impact your family. And anyways, just, just looking at it from a, the whole picture in that way is something that I find to be very important. So I guess that kind of goes back to your, to your last question too. Uh, <laughs> a big myth around lawyers is we're not all just looking for hourly billing. There are some actual advocates out there. <laughs> Do you ever find yourself wondering how on earth to respond to a customer's DM when they're either asking about their order status or upset about something? Today's episode is brought to you by my very own customer service templates, PDF downloaded mini course. The most common post I'm seeing in the Etsy forum these days are people asking for advice in dealing with various customer service problems and situations. I totally get it, you guys. Like when we're in the heat of that moment and we're feeling frazzled or overwhelmed, it can be extra hard to know what to say to diffuse a situation. Like we want to sound empathetic and confident. We want to be professional and warm. Like we wonder how our tone is coming across to that customer as we type out our response and worry that one wrong word could land us in one star review land. Like not to mention, you know, not everyone was born with the gift of the written word. Maybe you're someone who is utterly exhausted by the idea of wordsmithing great responses to customers, and you'd much rather spend your energy on product development or marketing brainstorming. I totally get you, and I totally got you. And now you don't have to figure it out on your own. When you order my customer service templates offering, I'm going to literally hand you over 20 different already written templates for daily, common, and those difficult conversations. They're already written out exactly how I use them so you can actually see them in action. And then I'm also going to give them to you as like a fill-in-the-blank template that you can just Make your own and save in your Etsy snippets or an easy-to-access document on your phone or computer. With this, I'm going to throw in a mini course that goes over in detail my personal customer service strategy so that when you do need to come up with a response to something in the future, you're already going to have that 
inner culture for customer service that's going to guide your writing, and I promise it'll make it so much easier. You can grab these tools today at howtosellyourstuff.com. Leave the guesswork out of your DM responses. I'll do the writing so you can get back to creating. <laughs> yes. You know what? I This is so interesting. Like I'm so big on mindset and um, it's I'm always paying attention to how I look at the world. And I love it when I meet someone who looks at it really differently because a lot of times there's something I can learn there to get more healthy. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't disagree with the way they look at it, it's just being reminded that this, what I see and what I think isn't true. It's my truth. Yeah. And there's something good about having your truth. I think there's some good validation. There's some good, um, affirmation there. But at the same time, we can have a better worldview if we can remember that it's all the lens we look through. And so you've really helped me with that with the thank law. You. So thank you. I that's think that's, really kind. that's a thank huge you. gift that you've given us. Um, so I, I appreciate it. Thank you. So I'll get to what we're here for, right? Um, because it seems like more than ever, we're seeing so much intellectual property get stolen on the interwebs. Uh, I hear about it constantly. Um, the Etsy forums are ripe with these, I would say, horror fests. But are you hearing about this much in your practice? Is this a lot of what you're seeing? <laughs> Has been for a while, unfortunately. Okay. Like, yeah, since 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 2015, which is literally when I started practicing law and started selling my own works on on Etsy as well. This was one of the first things that flagged in my mind. Like, oh, there's a whole legality side to this that. that you never think of when you go to Etsy. Um, but yeah, when it comes to Etsy and the law, we really need to focus. We've taken care of in our last conversation, those foundational elements that we need to have in place just to operate a business like a business anyways. When it comes to actually putting your work out there and protecting it, and also not just being a, a you know, just being a sitting duck out there as well. Yeah. Um, intellectual property, having a basic understanding of copyright and trademark laws are going to be the number one way or the number one um, takeaway that I want people to, to get from this conversation. Yeah. I would love to, I would love to camp there. And, you know, I've got, I've, I've got different listeners here. You know, s some people on the podcast are really, and I often hear, that he, listening to it gave them the courage to start an Etsy shop. So they're really, really early in their in their mm -hmm. journey. They're just getting started there in the early days. And they're really, that's just where they're planning to stay until they can prove they've yeah. got a viable business. And then I've got another camp who either they're skeptical about Etsy or they've grown a lot or they just want more control over the fees and everything like that. They really want to start their own website. Yeah. Um, and they're wanting to go that direction. So, I mean, what are some ways that each of these different kind of people can go about protecting their intellectual property? Okay. So... I have, I have two different directions I want to take this conversation. Let me start okay. with the easy the easy one, and then I'll actually get into your question. There's okay. a method to my cool. madness, I promise. I, I trust am, <laughs> I am a, a huge proponent for selling on Etsy. I've done it myself. I am not here to tell people to get off Etsy at all. I am saying that if you are going to sell on Etsy, you need to at least in the back of your mind be thinking of what your backup plan is going to be just in yes. case you need to move from the platform. And again, look at Etsy as nothing more than a marketing vehicle yes. rather than the place that you're going to camp out your business for the, you know, for the rest of, of eternity. And you can, you can stay there. You can make, you can make a great living off of Etsy, but you need to at, in the back of your mind, again, have an option in place so that you can start your own website if need be. So yes. I can come back to that point later on and talk about what you actually need to make a website legal. But I really want to go back to your actual question about 
intellectual property and just the crossroads with, with Etsy. So when we're talking about intellectual property, there are three different forms. One is patents, which cover inventions. We don't need to worry about that today. Because when it comes to Etsy, it's copyrights and trademarks, the other two forms of intellectual yes. property that come up most often. Um, to, again, strip the legalese from it, copyrights protect works of authorship. So any um, tangible work of art. So a calligrapher making a calligraphy print, a photographer selling a print, um, any anything that's tangible, that's what copyrights cover. Trademarking covers a brand identifier. So trademarking covers things like a business name, a slogan, and a logo. So does that make sense so far? It does. And we talk about this a lot, especially um, uh, with the print on demand space and like checking before you put something on a t-shirt that it's not a trademark phrase. Like for example, mama bear Mm -hmm. (laughs) and happy camper are things that we can't because they're owned by someone as a trademark, which Mm -hmm. blows my mind that that can be like that. I'm just like one day, every single word is going to be trademarked. But yeah, um, that's, that is true. We do talk about that on TikTok and here quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to, when, when it comes to Etsy, something that, um, Again, because it's so easy, this is the beauty of Etsy, but it's so easy to just start up an Etsy shop and just start creating. Um, And nobody's there to tell you like, watch out, watch out. Um, But before before you start selling anything on Etsy, you, especially if it has any sort of wording, but any design as well, you need to run a trademark search. Um, This is something that if you want to do it right, you need to work with a trademark attorney and actually go through a full due diligence search. But just if you're just getting started and you just want to check and make sure that, like you said, uh, that you can put a phrase on a T-shirt, you need to go to the USPTO government or website, I mean. USPTO.gov. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And you need to go into their trademark search tool and search the phrase that you want to put on a shirt or whatever that may be. Um, to make sure that I've you're got not a TikTok guys showing yeah. you how to do that. I'll link it for you. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. There we go. Yeah. Just to make sure that it's not something that's literally going to invite liability to your doorstep. I see this happen a lot. I see um, people will start an Etsy shop with a clever business name and they'll launch it and it'll be, you know, all is well and good for a couple hours. Then they get hit with a cease and desist letter. The fastest one I've ever seen from one of my clients was an hour and a half after she launched. Oh my gosh. She got a cease and desist letter from a company that said the name was too similar to, to her, to their own. Um, so, and I I don't want to just share the scary side of (laughs) trademark law, obviously, but it is important to know that in the United States, this is true everywhere, but I am only speaking from the perspective of being a U.S. licensed attorney in the United States, we have what's called a likelihood of confusion. So under the rules of trademark law or under the laws of, of trademark law, if a name is too phonetically or visually similar to a registered trademark, again, when I say name, I mean the name, logo, or slogan, if it's too visually or phonetically similar, it can um, run afoul of trademark laws because it raises what's called the likelihood of confusion. Um, so if a holder of a trademark registration can legally stop, they can legally enjoin you in court. They can stop you from continuing to sell or continuing to use that name. The, in the worst case scenarios, I'm just going to briefly hit on this. They can, um, they can actually, and unfortunately I see this happen quite a bit, but they can actually put you in a position where they negotiate a settlement agreement with you that requires you to pay out a licensing fee every year. 
Um, and that's just not something you ever want to deal with. So just again, so that you're not inviting liability to your own doorstep before you choose a business name, before you decide on a logo, before you start selling anything with a phrase or just anything like that, you need to make sure that it does not run afoul of any existing trademark registration. And that the very cursory search that you can run is on, again, the USPTO website. Um, I would just word to the wise, if you are going to actually run your business under a name that's not your own name, you need to work with a trademark attorney and run an actual due diligence search and just make sure that this is not something you don't want to waste money on branding or the time that it takes to build up a brand identity around something that you're going to have to change anyways. So, so that's, (laughs) that is number one. (laughs) There's a whole other side of this, um, a whole other side of this when it comes to Etsy as well, or just when it comes to running a business in general. Um, that I'll I'll come back to in a bit. But I I want to touch briefly on copyrights when it comes to Etsy, because this is really the the area of hot water. So Etsy, and again, you asked a great question the last time we spoke about Etsy's terms and conditions. One of the aspects of Etsy that just drives lawyers nuts (laughs) is the fact that they have, and it makes sense because you have sellers from around the world and they, they kind of have to do this, but they have their own internal. Um, they have their own internal intellectual property rules, generally speaking. So what I mean by this is, if you are trying to, if somebody wants to file an, an infringement action or start an infringement claim against you, they don't have to file it in court. They can just file a complaint with Etsy. Now, if they have, let's say. Let's say in our scenario that this is somebody who has a business name and they think that a shirt that you're selling with a phrase on it sounds too similar to their business name. All they have to do under Etsy's terms and conditions is provide the registration number and just basically email Etsy and say, this person's infringing on me. Now, the law looks at that a little bit different because a law, the law is not going to say that somebody with a I don't know, let's say a tech company, they're not going to look at somebody on Etsy selling a t-shirt and say, oh, the consumer would confuse that t-shirt with, you know, trying to go (laughs) invest in an app or something, something silly like that. Etsy doesn't care about any of the context at all. They do not care. So they, they will, they won't look at all of the uh, legal considerations that a court typically would. So what can happen and attorneys just like to call this trademark trolling. But what can happen is that any any company that's, uh, we'll say, a little bit, a uh, little bit liberal in terms of their willingness to take action against other competitors and shut them down, yes. they'll just start. They'll troll <laughs> that company by just filing complaint after complaint after complaint. Just drown them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's generally speaking, no no real recourse um, in place that Etsy provides. So this why this is again why making sure that you've run that due diligence search ahead of time before you start selling anything on Etsy is so important because you want to make sure that you're not putting yourself in the position to literally invite this to start happening to your business. Does that make sense? Wow. Yeah, it does. I mean, I again, like it's such a wealth of information. I wish we just had hours, but I, I guess I the other side of it that I'd like to hit before we have to go here today is like, if what if we end up in a situation where we're dealing with a copycat, like someone who's copying our, um, our, our listings, our pieces, our work, what, what steps should we take? 
So again, Etsy itself as a platform won't provide you with that many recourses. They, okay. If you have an actual registration, they, they may or may not, that's being the operative, the operative mm-hmm. phrase there, um, they may or may not. What you need to do outside of Etsy is you need to protect your own intellectual property because copycats are, the, I mean, that's one of, especially as a creative entrepreneur, that yeah. is one of the most common situations that I deal with truly every single day. Um, so if you have a work that you've created that is a true, like original work of authorship, you need to register your copyrights for that work. If you have a business that has a name that is anything other than your actual last name, you need to trademark that business name. You should trademark your logo. And if you have a slogan as well, um, and this is kind of, that's a, a business specific, um, consideration. I always, I always tell people to start with their business name because you never want to have to be forced to rebrand your business name. Your logo is probably going to, going to um, fluctuate. Like you'll probably rebrand over the years. So that's maybe not as important. Um, And then your business may or may not have a slogan. So that's depends. And I've, I mentioned earlier, I have a couple different businesses. I've registered the trademarks for every business name that I have. For one of them, I know that I'm not going to change my logo for like, I don't ever plan on changing that logo. This is the, the fourth logo, and I, I love it. I'm not going to change it. So I've registered that that trademark. Okay. And then for my newest startup, I really like my business slogan for it. And so I registered the slogan for that one before I registered the logo for it. It's just, it's business dependent is my point. The reason why you want to have a trademark for any of these brand assets that you have is because if somebody is infringing on your work, if they are copying you, Owning a trademark is the only true recourse that you're going to have that allows you to stop that copycat in their tracks. So you'll be able to file an action in court, stopping them from using whatever it is that infringes on your own work. Um, It's obviously a little bit more complex than that, depending on the situation itself. But generally speaking, that that statement is true. Um, If somebody is actually reproducing your own your own listings. Again, when it comes to Etsy itself, there aren't that many, there aren't that many options available. This is why I started the conversation by encouraging people to have a backup, um, a website. I I personally, just looking at it from a business perspective for a minute here, I think it's smart to start on Etsy, to grow on Etsy, to keep Etsy running as long as it's conducive and viable for you. But there can be an overlap period where you also have a website as well so that you can start driving some traffic to that website. That is that is just my business consulting. I tell them this all the time. We are okay, completely locked up. <laughs> yeah. So that's, um, I didn't know if that was going to be an unpopular opinion nope. or not. Not at all. Not and, to me. And the, the, here's the real reason why that's, that is like the linchpin argument against a copycat is because once you have your own website, you, just as a side note, you have to have a privacy policy to make it a legal website. But- The beauty of it is that you can have a terms and conditions. So when you have a terms and conditions on your website, that's the contract that governs your website. That is going to um, have language if it's drafted properly. It's going to have language that states that people cannot copy anything from your website. And if they do, sets out what's going to happen if they do. For example, you can go get hit with a whatever penalty. From a legal perspective, and again, without getting in the weeds too much, but from a legal perspective... Anytime somebody comes to me with a copycat issue, I always ask for the terms and conditions first before I even start looking at the intellectual property side because it's much 
it's much, much more cost efficient and effective to litigate a breach of contract claim, which is if you have a terms and conditions, that's what you're looking at, than it is to pursue an intellectual property huh. infringement claim. Okay. Now, if somebody has a trademark, I can usually handle that in a couple cease and desist motions. But if I'm actually in court, we're looking at a very simple, like small claims court action. Um, if we're looking at a, an infringement of the terms and conditions, if you're actually litigating a intellectual property infringement, um, and if you, especially if you don't have the registered intellectual property, like if you don't have the registered trademark, you're looking at a, an action in federal court that's going to take a long time and be extremely expensive. So all that to say, <laughs> the terms and conditions on a website, we get used to seeing them. We don't really think that much about them. Once you start getting copied and you get copied to the point where you have to reach out to an, an attorney, that is going to be a gold mine in terms of the attorney actually being able to do something to help shut down the copycat. I think it's really helpful because we all want to like scream and cry when we get copied, but you need to understand, people need to understand like what it's going to look like to actually have any recourse. Like, yeah. sure, you could DM them a cease and desist, like, you know, I'll have to get my, you could like kind of do a little je gentle yeah. threat, but to actually have any power behind it, you're going to be spending a lot of money <laughs> and, um, uh, and time and you may or may not have any result from it. So you just need to really decide up front, what are you willing to put exactly. on the line? Exactly. And it's, yeah, it's two quick things I wanted to add to that. One, if you let a copycat go on too long without doing something about it, you dilute your own rights. Okay. So wow. best to really think long and hard about what you're going to do in those situations. Um, the other thing, just on a personal note, it the, my least favorite conversations to have, the ones that just absolutely gut me, are yeah. the ones that when somebody comes to me and they're being copied blatantly, and there's just nothing we can do about it because the person hasn't, they don't have terms and conditions. They don't have their there's intellectual property place. registered. And then we're looking at like a six, we're easily looking at a six figure lawsuit if they actually want to that stop. May the or may not. <laughs> yeah. 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 If we want to try to stop the copycat. <laughs> so those, I just, I'd hate, I hate those conversations. I don't want anyone to have to come to me with those conversations. I want people to take care of it on the, at the outset. I think this is just like super helpful baseline, like obviously not the most um, energetic or cheery conversation guys, but you know, I'm, I'm here. To, I'm not just here to like, I am here to raw, raw cheer you on, but I also want to do everything we can to protect you. I want you to have the whole picture because for me, my dream for you guys, it like, I mean, I obviously want your Etsy shop, your business to be whatever it is you want it to be, but like, I'm thinking legacy for you. You know, I'm not thinking an extra 50 bucks a month. If that's what you want, like I obviously honor you. I celebrate you. You do, you go with yourself, but I believe that there's more in you. And so I want you to be thinking all of this stuff, just like Paige said in the back of your mind, thinking this bigger picture. Um, so this is really important pieces that I want you to have starting to lock down in your, in your mind and in your plans. Okay. So Paige, you have, so many resources available to us. Uh, like, first of all, you literally practice this kind of law, which is a freaking unicorn of a situation for us to be able to know you now and have this trust built. But um, would you mind talking a little bit about the other services you have? Like you have this amazing template shop where we can literally get so many Absolutely. of the contracts and things we would need from you, which is specific to our space. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So the creative law shop is the, the I guess we could call it the spinoff to my law firm. Uh, this is where I've taken every contract that I've written for creative entrepreneurs, redacted our names. When I say ours, I mean most of the contracts I've written for myself. <laughs> redacted our names, converted them into templates, 
and put them in the shop. So there, I have not taken out any of the language that I want for myself when I'm hiring somebody. So for example, the graphic designer that I hired to write to uh, create my logo, that's the graphic design template that is in the shop. Um, oh, my okay. independent contractor agreement, that, that is the contract that everyone that works for me signs. Um, I can go on and on, but every single template that's in there is one that I've written for myself or for a client. So it's, um, they, they are robust and <laughs> they will have all of the language that you need and they will actually keep you legally, legally sound, keep your business legally sound. Um, and then they also, I mean, if you go that route, you don't have to, you don't have to deal with an attorney that's going to be charging hourly, yes. which, uh, we were talking, we were talking earlier. That's every attorneys that when we bill hourly, we have to bill every six minutes, every 10th of an hour. Those contracts take me about 15 to 18 hours a piece to write. Oh so my gosh. It's real expensive. <laughs> really okay, so guys, do not grab a free one off the internet. It's And don't just have your uncle Sal who like used to do divorce law because they're not going to know all of the elements that you exactly. need for creative entrepreneurship. I'm going to link all of Paige's, um, uh, her, her law practice, her template shop down in the show notes. If you use smiley 10, she was gracious enough to give me a 10% coupon code for you guys. You can get 10% off your purchase, even when she's running sales because she's precious. And then Paige, <laughs> where is the best place for our listeners to connect with you? Yeah. So I practice trademark law at my law firm, which is pagehulse.com. That's Paige Hulse law. Um, the shop is at shopcreativelaw.com. And then you can find me personally on Instagram at page.hulse. That's H-U-L-S-E. And you can find the shop at Creative Law Shop on Instagram. <laughs> that is amazing. Thank you so much. I, I've i got a lot, a lot on my chest right now that I'm processing from you. So thank you. I, f- I feel like... I, you, I feel very protected, actually. Like, I feel like Thank I have you. the knowledge I need to, to make Good. some better decisions. And I hope you guys do, too. Um, you all mean the world to me. And Paige, just thank you for taking your very, very precious time today to help Absolutely. us, you know, make better decisions. Thank you. It was a joy to get to talk to you. And everything we talked about also, I have blog posts on both of my websites oh. going through because I'm a visual learner, personally. Yes. So if anyone has questions about anything we've talked about, take a look at the websites, at the blogs. It's I have years and years of articles written about these things. Okay, guys, all that resource will be down there for you. Y'all have an amazing week. Paige, we love you. Thank you. I hope um, all of my listeners check you out when they need legal stuff. Thank you so much. And you're so welcome. You guys have an awesome week. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.